Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, what the chicken. Double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome in on a Thursday. It's a Larceny Bourbon Locks and Lunazul Tequila Shots. Week number nine as we uh, get you set and get you started on a little NFL action coming up later on tonight. I don't know about the game. We do get a look-see. On a standalone type of night, I mean, if you're not paying attention, for example, to World Series game number five, or you're not paying attention, I think the lone NBA game, at least the lone NBA game that you can get if you don't have the entire NBA full court package, right? I think there's one on NBA TV. So, yeah, NFL standalone tonight certainly will be that matchup that you can catch the Eagles on the road at the Texans. We'll dive into that coming up in a minute. Parks Place Pub, we're back in Fishers. I guess we call this the, I want to say because I'm from southern Indiana, the Depot area, but it's the Depot area right here, and it is beautiful. This place is awesome. I know Sleater has been looking at us on the camera <laughs> and sending his picks. Sleater's lurking somewhere around here. He's going to be in here to make some picks coming up a little bit later on. I'll let... Brent Halverson joined us in just a second, but I did want to get to last night because last night was some incredible history. Did you guys stay up and watch the no-hitter in game number four of the World Series, best of seven, tied at two games apiece? What was most amazing, I think, about it was with the relative ease that we saw the Philly Bats handle what was being thrown at them, in particular by Lance McCullers Jr. just the night before. Just a night before, and everything was made. I even talked about it as well. Everybody was dialed in. It, it appeared that there was uh, the tipping of pitches going on. I don't know, even if you had the tipping of pitches last night, if the Phillies were going to have a chance. It was amazing. And, yes, I'm right there with you. I would have much rather seen Christian Javier go all the way. I say Javier, Javier, sorry. Uh, go all the way and do something we haven't seen for, since the 1950s. And to a degree, not in a World Series, but in a postseason game, as a Reds fan, it did bring back some scathing 2010 memories of the Reds and the late Roy Halladay. I believe that was an NLDS, though. That wasn't a World Series. But last night, and I, again, a lot has been made because it wasn't a single pitcher, but... 
I, you look at the fact that the Phillies couldn't touch any of these guys. 14 strikeouts. 14. Between Javier, between Abreu, Montero, and Presley. 14. These guys could not be touched. I know that I'm probably going to be in the minority here. But I think when you put all those guys out there, especially against an offensive lineup at home that was as hot as anybody has been the entirety of the postseason, I thought that was pretty amazing last night. And I know, again, that's out of market, and not a lot of people around here care about it, I guess. I, I do understand it. And we're in the middle of, you know, Colts stuff going on, a little crap fest happening, firing of a coordinator, a trading of a fan favorite, which we'll all get to in a second. I just thought, thought last night was more amazing than what many people lead it to believe. Sending somebody in there for an inning, no hits. I mean, it was amazing. And listen, once they got to Presley, you know this, Presley with his off-speed stuff, that looks unhittable. I mean, unhittable at times. But as much as the Phillies thought they knew the night before what was coming their direction, you watched these guys guess last night, they had no idea. I thought it was an amazing baseball game to watch. Nationally, I guess, in both Philadelphia, certainly in Houston, and in Major League Baseball markets, I'm sure that that is a point of emphasis today. But it just kind of seems like it's not that been that big of a deal. And I know in large part it's because it was multi-pitchers. I, just, I thought last night was, was pretty amazing, even with multi-pitchers. Would love to see it with one. But I thought multi-pitchers, especially this Phillies team that had been so locked in, with the bat and with the offense just a night prior, the flipping of fortune was rather amazing to me last night. I thought, and I was, it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable as hell to watch. I don't really have a rooting interest. I like watching Swarber go deep. I like watching good offense at times, and the Phillies have had good offense. The Phillies came alive in the postseason. I mean, the Phillies at the turn during the summertime canned their manager. And their manager and then got on a run, beat the Cardinals, got on a run. I believe the Braves were next and then disposed of a red-hot Padres team. And now you're trying to do it to, you know, obviously what many people think outside of the Dodgers' early exit would be the best team in Major League Baseball going into the postseason. And, man, from one night to the other, it was absolutely amazing. It was. So I'll give them more credit where I think credit is due between the four pitchers. And the no-hitter last night. Ten hits for the Astros, a big, fat goose egg for the Phillies. And they'll go game number five coming from Philadelphia later on tonight. The final two, of course, uh, these game seven, I guess, if necessary, uh, will be in Houston. The final two, I should say, in Houston. But game number five in Philadelphia coming up later on tonight. I mentioned we're at Parks Place Pub, our large city bourbon locks and Luna's old tequila shots. We'd love to see you here. We do have samples for you, as we always do. If you're watching on YouTube Live, you can check it out. I'll get this stuff out of the way because this stuff really doesn't matter. What really matters is what is before you right here. Cheers to you. Brent Halverson, we've got the Larceny, we've got the Ginger Ale, and we've got football coming up later on tonight. And, everybody, I should be happy because, Brent, I'm coming off a solid week. Brent Halverson, everybody, joins the show. John, happy Thursday. Good to be right back, back here at, at Parks Place Pub. 
Um, yeah, you uh, you had a great week, man. You uh, it was it was a tough week. I will say that a tough week. You ended up going uh, eight and seven. Eight and seven. So you were on the positive side. <laughs> That's of a great week for me, right there. There's no doubt. You were on the positive side. It's a great side. week. Hey, you're up to forty eight percent on the 48%. year. Forty eight percent. That was my algebra grade. Well done. I went the other way last week. I went five and ten last five week. Five and it ten was, for it was Brent. Bad, and it takes me down to fifty one percent. The curse so. of the Packers. The hey. curse of the Packers in a bad season. The curse of the Packers of the trade deadline. Not getting Brandon Cooks. Not going out and getting any help. Not being in, I guess, at the end on the Claypool trade sweepstakes. Coming up empty. And I, I, I'm still scratching my head, right? Like there, I, I thought, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm an owner, right? So yeah. I had some insight. Yeah, right? Claypool. We had a good offer for Claypool. Bears swoop in and yep. offer a second round pick, and uh, and landed Claypool. I think it's huge for the Bears. Um, so then I, you know, there's rumors of Jerry Judy. Right. Or Brandon Cooks for the yeah. Packers. I'm thinking, all right, give me Jerry Judy. Anybody. Stu- anybody. You. you know, me. JMV. I could help right You here. would be better than what we have yes. going on right now. So, hey, but the Packers covered that uh, 10 out of 11 and a half last week. They got beat by 10 in the ugly game. But, hey, I, I was happy to see that uh, wasn't as bad as what I thought it was going to be. So, it's, it's rough. I mean, we're pretty much uh, the Packers season's going to be tough. And then we'll go to Detroit this weekend. Yep. That's not going to be easy. Yeah. Detroit's got our number. It, uh, it, it doesn't look like it. Even as much as Aaron Rodgers talks about it, it doesn't look like it's going to come back anytime soon. It's kind of like talking about the Colts. Everybody views them as still in it, but are they really still in it right now? Here's the other thing that comes to mind. And this is for everybody out there listening, and I know that it's another game week, and there have been changes, I mean, significant storylines with just a highly disappointing team of the Colts. But everybody out there is surprised as me, or has that just come with the territory of having a hugely disappointing team? Are you as surprised as me that we're on Thursday going into a game week with the Chris Ballard, the rivalries back on New England Patriots, and not even a ripple. Not even a ripple. And here's what I want to know from you at 239-1070. Here's what I want to know from you at JMV at 1075thefan.com. Here's what I want to know inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Is that because this game has been overshadowed by the OC firing, by the trading of Naheem Hines, or is that because, as I mentioned yesterday, it's going to be easy to do and it's going to become easier? And that's what you have to guard against as an owner, as a team. Everybody thinks it's this other crap. But you have to guard against apathy, especially around here. Is that your apathetic viewpoint of this team right now? Some would say, well, maybe it's a combination because it's not like New England. You know, no more Tom Brady. Uh, but, I mean, New England was in here a year ago. That was, I think, was that a Saturday night when they were in here a year ago, too? I think it was a night game. And the place was rocking, and the Colts won. I remember a great deal of lead up a year ago, but really nothing right now. Is it because of the disappointment? Is it because that you've checked out, or it's because you had other stories going on this week? You had all this off-the-field stuff. And I always tell you, when a team is not good, when a team is not good, you're always drawn more than anything else to the off-the-field stuff. It magnifies the -the off-the-field stuff. Why? Because you can't go lean on the wins. You can't be happy about anything. And granted, the -the off-the-field stuff comes with the territory of a losing team, of a disappointing team. But you have to admit, there hadn't been a great deal of conversation. Hey, here comes New England. What about this Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi quarterback situation, Belichick, 
And it's in Foxborough. They haven't won in Foxborough since 06. And none of that seems to matter. So Colts fans, where's your head at right now? Where is it? Is it distracting because of the moves this week? And because you, know, you heard Frank Wright say yesterday as we talked about, you know, the reasons why they made the change. And they always have to add. I mean, can, can you not just say, hey, this guy wasn't doing it for us. And you know what? I need to take over the, the coordinator thing here. So I, I look like I swoop in and save the day. That doesn't sound like Frank Reich, but that's what it looks like. We're going to get rid of this guy that I love. He's great. He's a great coach. That's what you normally do as a coach, right? When you have a coach on your staff, you normally get rid of them if they're great. He's a great coach, but see ya. Is it more about that? Is it more about Naheem Hines? Naheem Hines talking to the media in Buffalo yesterday. My man Brett over at Fox 59 actually had the video and the dialogue after I got off the air yesterday about, you know, being happy and being in this spot. Now it's going to be, like, right here, there was mostly, it's the Colts' fault. They couldn't find a spot for him. They couldn't find a situation where he was going to produce consistently. Thus, it was viewed as an underachievement. He also had a big contract, and that was viewed that way as well. I think, oh, man, you talk about dudes getting overpaid. And then there was a smaller percentage that felt, yeah, maybe it's on him. Yeah, maybe he's not as good as what clowns like JMV is talking about. Oh, JMV says 21 this and 21 that. 21 get the ball. Move him here and move him there. Move him all over the place. 21. If Frank Reich and the great coach that just got fired – if they can't figure it out, then it must be on the player. Now you're going to find out. Now you're going to find out how, especially within a team in Buffalo that has a number of weapons. I mean, a number of weapons. They go a variety of ways. And now you add him. Now is going to be the tale of the tape. I, personally speaking, hope that he thrives. I do, because I like him a great deal. I hope that he thrives. I mean, you have an elite-level quarterback. You have an elite-level, by NFL standards this year, offense. You have Super Bowl aspirations, and it's just been a huge swing and a miss around here for ever since he got here. And really, for this regime, five and six years, a huge swing and a miss. And I will say this. I will lean more on you being apathetic about this matchup on Sunday in New England more than I will being distracted by these moves early in the week. You know, more than because besides Bill Belichick, you don't have that, you know, the, you know, the Brady effect. We went through that a year ago without it. And you seem to be cool with it. At least here in the matchup. I'm going to lean more apathetic. So you guys at 239-107, you can make that call, and I'll take those calls coming up here shortly inside the lounge via YouTube Live. We got you rocking in there as well. I'll go ahead and jump in with you guys coming up in a minute. The stream, the app, HD Radio, 93.5 and 107.5. The fan bringing Brent Halverson back in for our week number nine of Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Um, we're, we're thinking some, some sleepers as well with our Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Anybody standing out? Is there maybe a backup? Because you got the situation with Jonathan Taylor didn't practice again today. Naheem Hines shipped off to Buffalo. Seems like maybe 
my focus may be going, at least in terms of that, maybe a backup running back situation for the Colts today. Sure, I mean, Dion, yeah. right? I mean, he's, he yep. stepped in good two weeks ago, and uh, he's looking like the platform to do it again. So there's a lot out there. Plus, we're dealing with six buys, right? Yeah, so right. you got a lot of people just shuffling right now. You know, fantasy buys are really stepping in. So, uh, yeah, there's a few out there. We'll go over them and talk about them. There's a couple guys out there I think are really going to step up. There's also these guys that have made these moves, like a Naheem Hines, how quickly is he going to jump into Buffalo's offense, yeah. right? That's going to be right. tough. There's no doubt. you got to wait and watch and see. Just kind of, you know, just kind of play it out a little bit. Well, they bit, got some so. other dudes there that's going to take. Uh, like, like here, you just kind of looked at it and you went, all right, where are all these other dudes? Right. But there, I mean, you got Stephon Diggs to throw to. you got, you know, Sef- Singletary coming out of the backfield as well. you got some other dudes there. got a lot of dudes hey, there. And, and Josh Allen. Josh Allen will do the RPOs and oftentimes will just take it himself, which sure. will also eat up some opportunities. That's why they're sitting at 6-1, and one, John. Yeah. It is. All right, what else are you looking at as far as the week nine? You mentioned it is a major bye week for a lot of teams, six in all. Six teams. We've got uh, Cleveland, Dallas, mm-hmm. Denver, the Giants, Pittsburgh, and San Francisco all on bye this week. What are we looking at then as far as matchups that intrigue you? Before I'll, we get started at four. I'll be honest with you. This is the unsexiest week that I've looked at. I mean, it, when you look at overall big team matchups, there's some big points out there, some big spreads. I think what it comes down to it, the only games that really kind of stand out, I mean, and, and I'm talking losing teams in this one, the Rams and the Bucks, right? Like, that's a, that should be a great game. Tennessee, Kansas City, uh, Sunday night, looks to be a good game. You got two five and two teams. You got one that's favored by 12 and a half, being the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, other than that, there's just not a lot of meat uh, there. You know, interesting tonight, right? We got uh, the Battle of Pennsylvania and Texas times right. two. You got, uh, you got Philadelphia Eagles at Houston. And then you got Houston at Philly. You do in the Major League Baseball. That's so, that, but one one is much more majorly lopsided, it would seem, absolutely. even after last night, than the other. Because you look at that Texans Eagles matchup, and that doesn't look like that will be much fun. But the Thursday nights, for the most part, they've been different. They have been. They different. have been different offensively. That is why when you see a thirteen and a half point spread with the Eagles going into Houston as the favorites. I'm tempted to say this is going to be an easy roll, but Thursday nights oftentimes have been different. And you see that's the NFL, right? You see those things happen. That's why these point spreads are out there. you got a 7-0 undefeated, the only undefeated team in the NFL playing a 1-5 squad, right? So they're yeah. just not, a, not, very, uh, not very entertaining there. But again, that's when you see some magic happen for those home dogs on the uh, big screen. So, again, that's why they play them, John. We'll, uh, we'll kind of go through it, talk through it a little bit. But 13 and a half is a big number. You know, the Luna Azul tequila shots we were talking about in fantasy football. Do you take any of these guys? We mentioned Naheem Hines going to Buffalo. You know, Chase Claypool going to the Bears. Uh, I think uh, Sidarius Toney uh, in KC now. Jeff Wilson going to Miami. Jeff Wilson going to Miami. Any of these guys maybe you lean on that you didn't have in your major focus going into week number eight? But maybe you recalibrate that by virtue of them being traded to a different team. You know, I think you've got to look at, like, the team schematics, right? Like how they run their offense. Jeff Wilson being a good one. Yeah. I think he'll be a plug-and-play. I mean, he, again, he was backing up out in San Francisco. Same offense down in Miami. So that should be an easier move for him as opposed to Naheem going to Buffalo. That, you know, again, they've been looking for a uh, pass-catching back. So he's going to have a little bit of play there. But, uh, uh, you know, as you mentioned, they've got a lot of, lot of tools on that team to – to see, I think that'll be an ease-in kind of thing with him. But, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, Claypool coming into yeah. uh, Chicago. Uh, it's going to give Mooney, it's going to maybe free him up now. I think that's a, 
really a, a win-win for the Steelers and the Bears there because now the Steelers, they got Pickens. I like, I like this Pickens guy. Yeah, yeah. I think he's yeah. going to be good if he ever gets somebody. Well, he was somebody, I mean, we discussed every wide receiver known to man prior to the draft, and he was one that came with a little bit of baggage, yeah. if you remember, oh, yeah. going into the draft a year yep. ago. So, Absolutely. yes, he looks he looks like a player, but I am not at all unhappy with what Chris Ballard did at with this because Alec Pierce, if there was somebody able to consistently get the ball close to him, I I believe now he'd go out and catch it. I, I'm glad that he is the guy. He's just not able to really sprout too much more because this offense is out there scoring, you know, 16 points. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you, I think the biggest winner, and what a trade deadline, right? I was just, I mean, I was just sitting there waiting to hear some big news and never heard it for being a Packer fan. But uh, uh, the biggest, the biggest one right there, I mean, hats off to San Francisco. They might have just catapulted themselves Maybe into, so. into some big running because Christian McCaffrey, John, last week, yep. ran for one, caught one, and threw one. Threw one. So it took him two weeks to get to that point, right? We saw him the first week. I think he had like 50-some yards. No Debo kinda, Samuels last week no either, Debo right? Samuel, yeah. And uh, Brandon Ayuk, also when Debo Samuels was out, Ayuk stepped up, I yeah. think has, has been on a hot streak, certainly as of late, and gave him 81 yards and a touchdown last week. Too. Absolutely. I would, give, I would give San Francisco all the kudos in the world for, for pulling that off. I mean, that was just huge. And the Panthers, man, talk about a downward spiral. I mean, you're going to rebuild, but, you know. And they were playing a game last week in Atlanta for first place in the NFC South. You see that? Missed the extra point. Yeah, maybe, yeah. it was, to, a, it was an absolute it. mess. And then they missed yeah. the field goal to win it. Absolute mess. And then they lost. <laughs> and then they lost. It so. was incredible. There's yeah. no doubt about that. But, yeah, to me, somebody asked me earlier this week if, if, if I could pick one coach uh, to run a team from an offensive standpoint. And maybe it wasn't an entirely offensive standpoint because I think somebody had mentioned Mike Tomlin. But Kyle Shanahan offensively would be it. Yeah. Because I think, I think he's different, and especially when he has some weapons. When he has some weapons to utilize, and look what he's done with Debo Samuels. Look at, you know, the type of uh, you know, profile that has risen out there for him. And, you know, look what he's done with Jimmy Garoppolo. You think Trey Lance is going to be the guy he's injured. Garoppolo is in there. I think overall I'd probably look at Kyle Shanahan more so than I would look at anybody else. I think Sean McVay, anybody. I, yeah, I was going to say yeah. Sean McVay was on my mind, but, you know, they're not doing anything right yeah. now. They're, they're struggling. But you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, what they've done out in San Francisco with a, I'm going to call a subpar Jimmy Garoppolo. He, you know, he's good. Yeah. He's not your, he's not your Josh Allen. You know, he's not, he doesn't have that all-star power. But, um, yeah, they've done a lot of stuff. And seeing the, the way that they're – Moving a guy like Debo Samuel to run, throw, catch, and now they're doing McCaffrey two weeks into being on the team. Uh, hats off to him. So Brent Halverson, JMV here. We're at Parks Place Pub. We are in Fishers. We would love to see you here because the samples that are free under the Heaven Hill Distillery umbrella, as you can see in front of us right now, are flowing. We would love to see you here for our Week 9 Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna's Will Tequila Shots. Great food here as well, and... Uh, a lot going on. We'll do that coming up in the 4 o'clock hour as well. I do want to remind you of something because I do want to take some calls as far as your thoughts and why this New England matchup is not nearly as hyped as it has been. Does it come down to the win-loss record? Have you checked out? Is it because of the distractions? I mean, really, that's a three-tier question you can go with, or maybe it is something else. Is it something else? I, I think Kenny Moore had a tweet earlier this week after the game with a disappointment and fans getting on everybody. Uh, I think he had since deleted it, and he had mentioned at the very beginning of it, you know, I'm ride or die with you. Are you ride or die in terms of this Colts team right now?
It just does not seem, think about it, we're barely diving into it right now, and it is on a Thursday, and that's not on me. I mean, I can lead you down that path. I'm just curious at this point, even with this team, do I think they're in it right now? No. Do they think they're in it? It's a good question right there. I'm not sure. I'm assuming the players do. Even if you trade a player that is liked, even if you made that quarterback change last week and maybe not everybody within the locker room was on board with that, it seems like you're still going to go out there. That's absolutely the expectation. You give it what you got. But in terms of the fans right now, why is it not as big this week as it has been? Which you guys are all going to giggle when I say that. Have you checked out? Is it apathy? The news of the week? Are things much more interesting going on off the field right now than on? Which is another danger zone for your favorite team around here. And it's especially a danger zone in terms of your head coach and your general manager. The other thing is, too, if you're like me and you find it really difficult to believe that Frank Reich is going to be the head coach of this team after the season. I mean, even with the word safe that was reported last weekend by Ian Rappaport, by Chris Mortensen, coming from Colts owner Jim Irsay. Can he? Is this an opportunity for him at all to save his gig? And I mentioned yesterday, what do they got to do to get back in your interest? Can he now that the entire offense, which it was anyway, but whatever, The entirety of the offense is absolutely, without question, going to be on his shoulders now. First 15, everything else. Can he save his gig with a run here? Can he save his gig if you just see an offense finally do something? Can it be saved? All right, a lot of questions for you right there. 239-107. Email the address, jmv at 1075 thefan.com inside the lounge via youtube live i see everybody lurking i will jump in there with you coming up in just a couple of minutes we got the stream we got the app we got hd radio we've got parks place pub great place in fishers love to see you the larceny bourbon locks the luna azul tequila shots the free samples flowing brent halverson jmv on a thursday week number nine back with your calls on the other side 93.5107.5 the fan whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. It's Jim Pimmer, now talk to him, damn it. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. There's a Collinsworth and SPT sighting over there. SPT, I saw in his costume handle, apparently, he's very impatient. Do you guys know that? (laughs) (laughs) Did everybody make up one of those uh, Halloween costume things? Is that a meme or a gif or a gif or a ma? I don't know. What was it? Did everybody do one of those? SPT, uh, patience not included, apparently, in that costume (laughs) that I saw a little bit earlier this week. Where's Smiley, by the way? I thought Smiley was going to come. But I don't think Smiley gets out of Westfield right here. We're in Fishers. We're at Parks Place Pub. Brent Halverson, me, JMV, Cam's the on-site engineer. Kyle's back at the studio. Yeah, of course, it's Larcity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Coming up for you, it is week number nine. I mentioned this 
before the break. Oh, you're so awesome. Thank you. The reason why there hadn't been much of a lead up, I mean, it has been, been a slow lead up to this Patriots game, not like it certainly has been or used to be. Is that because the news of the week off of the field? Is that because, you know what, you said, screw it, I'm not really paying attention, you're not really invested in it right now. Which one is it? It's out of curiosity. Got that and your thoughts, especially with the off-the-field stuff regarding Hines. Pacer Steve's at 239-1070 right now. Steve, welcome to the show. Hello. I tell you what, you talk about enthusiasm for Colt-related stuff coming up. I've got enthusiasm to watch Buffalo now, and it's because I'm glad this kid, Naeem, is going to get a chance maybe to show his stuff. You know, all the all the Colts did all summer long was promise how he was going to get a heavier workload and be showcased. And they gave him that contract, which I think at the time made him the 10th highest paid running back in the yes. entire league. And uh, good good for Naheem. He's gone to a contender. And, uh, you know, I'm not abandoning the Colts or anything, but I'm excited, more, more excited than I was to watch Buffalo now. And Pro Football Talk today came out with a little mini interview and Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs had their first practice with Naheem Hines, and the quotes were, my God, this kid is fast. And then uh, Josh Allen went on to say that he's already learning much of the playbook, and Josh Allen specifically said he was going to be a fun new tool. And I thought, I thought, I just read more enthusiasm and positivity from Josh Allen, a Buffalo Bill, than I heard from anybody in this organization about Naeem Hines. It's too bad that a kid's got to leave town before people can brag about him and speak about him in an excited fashion and come out and proactively say they're excited to use him and they're glad to have him. Well, I'm going to tell you this, Steve. The Colts always talked a good game about how they're going to utilize Naheem Hodge. We heard it back in May and what Frank Reich had to say. They either, A, never found a way to do it, or B, I mean, some people suggest that maybe Naheem with that contract and his ability was, was overrated. That's why I said, Steve, we're going to see. Because in that mix, there's going to be a lot because you got not only you got Singletary, you got Diggs, as you mentioned, you got other dudes, you got Josh Allen, you know, on the RPO keepers running the football. There's going to be a lot of action going away from him, but we're going to see what he can do with an elite level offense and elite level quarterback. And I would agree with you on this. I'm excited about seeing it because I like the dude and I hope that he does and is able to flourish up there. Yeah, and, and I hope Miles Turner plays really well in the near term here because we have to, we have to, have to, have to make him very attractive to the Lakers yes. and get him to the opposite side of the country so Isaiah Jackson can develop. He deserves a starting five shot, and we just need to trade Turner away. I don't care if we get some popcorn and a ball boy for him. Hey, Steve, did you see, were you proud of, of what 33 did? for this team, its franchise, and its fans in the last two games? Were you aware of this? Uh, no, think about it. I mean, on Friday, on Friday, big-time game. Then he goes on that podcast with Adrian Wojnarowski and then tries to sell himself to the highest bidder, yeah. in this case, maybe the Lakers. And then, and then, not leaving any stone unturned, played against Brooklyn 
on Monday and was awful, which keeps the Pacers in the running for the possibility of getting one of those one or two selections or the most ping pong balls to get there. He's really doing Pacer fans a service on both ends. Have you thanked him yet? No, I haven't thanked him, but talking about the Pacers, and then I'm real quickly I'll leave. Ben Matherin was criticized in the preseason where he came out and he says, I really don't think LeBron James is all that. I, I go to the games and I watch the ones away on TV. This kid, when the camera hones in on his face, he is like business. And you can see it in his eyes. He is like, I got this. And I tell you what, I don't think it's braggadocio. I think this kid has, yeah. this kid is going to be it. He is as advertised, and he's going to be a wonderful player. There's no doubt, Pacers, Steve. Thank you for the call that Benedict Matherin wants to whip your ass if he's playing against you, and that is a high-level quality right there. And you can see it. Is he going to struggle? And I mentioned this. The thing I like most about him, we have seen games, in-game situations, for a half of basketball where he has struggled, but he has yanked himself out of that funk. That's difficult to do if you're a crusty veteran. Even more difficult to do if you're playing in your first handful of games in the NBA. I love that. He is not scared to continue to go out there and play until the good stuff starts happening again. Now, as much as I support Miles, if things don't go well early for Miles, normally they don't go well for the entirety of the game. And some dudes are just built differently that way, and Matherin looks like he is that. Because we've seen a couple of, of opportunities of his in a couple of first halves of games where there's been a struggle. And then he's yanked himself out of that, played well, maybe for a quarter. Maybe when you look back at the overall box score numbers for him, they weren't great, but you can see where he, he kind of got out of that funk and then gave his team an offensive boost. And his teammates respond to it. I love that portion. I do. That's a big deal. Some dudes, some dudes believe they can whip your ass. And then some dudes can't. So there's a difference here. Having and being able to back that up. And he's been able to back that up so far. I completely agree with that, Steve. But no, seriously, have you guys thought about this long and hard? Look what Miles has done for you the past two times he's played. Look what he's done for you in talking on that podcast with Adrian Wojnarowski. He's doing so much for you right now. Yet most of you are not considerate enough to say thank you. Why is that? I don't understand. Kyle, why is that? Thank you to 33. I mean, playing both ends. And playing both ends masterfully. Given the production end in Washington on Friday night, and then on the low end in Brooklyn on Monday. Can he do more? to help this team in the future when clearly he's not going to be here. Kyle, you got an answer? No, I don't really have an answer, but it'll be interesting to see when he is gone, (laughs) how long it takes for fans to finally come around on him and say, you know what, he actually wasn't that bad. No, they won't because they'll continue to hate him whenever he has a bad game someplace else. Oh, yeah. I I am me. I, I shouldn't say me, myself, and I, De La Soul. My Twitter handle will forever be as long as we still have twitter i don't know is twitter going to leave or something because if i have to start paying for something they can kiss a little butt i'm not paying for anything 
So the moment I have to start paying to be a part of this toilet most of the time, I'm probably going to bail on it and go some, is there someplace else I can go <laughs> inside the lounge via YouTube live, <laughs> which sometimes can be a stand up urinal on its own, not much a toilet. But seriously, when, when you look at my Twitter account, it's going to be attached to every time he has a bad game, wherever he goes, if he goes to LA, if he goes to Utah, if he goes to Charlotte, New Orleans, just picking names out of a hat here. Wherever he goes, it's always going to be, hey, see what you're, that's what it always starts with. Did you see what your boy did tonight? Every single time, Kyle. It never starts differently. It never says, hey, Miles did this. See what your boy did tonight. Every single time. That is never, Kyle, from me going to go away. Thus, I just kind of have embraced it. I really feel good about it. So what happens if he goes somewhere and he wins a, a championship? Are you going to be uh, oh. Are you going to be the biggest fan of say he goes to I'm the gonna Lakers? Be un- you going to be a big unbearable. Fan? I'm going to be unbearable on people. Yeah, I am. I'm going to be unbearable. Just be be prepared for that. I don't know how many people out there believe that's going to happen. I think that's why they're so comfortable in you know, hey, did you see what your boy did tonight? Kind of stuff. Cuz it's going to happen wherever he goes. But if there's winning, and see, all I did on Friday night when he put up 27 is I, I think I had a Charles Ingalls Little House on the Prairie kind of laughing meme or gif or whatever, and I put that up there, and that was about it. But, man, with that dude, and I didn't hear from anybody on Friday night, not one person. I didn't see Kevin Bowen tweeting about him or nothing. Did you notice that? Oh, no, we're not going to tweet about it on Friday night. I didn't see anything from anybody on Friday. It all came on Monday. And believe me, I see it because... Most of you rear ends send it to me. Thank you very much. But it makes it more fun for me, it does. Nothing on Friday night. Nothing. What happened to that on Friday? Where were you on Friday? Everybody out on a date? Where were you guys on Friday night? Nothing on Friday. And I love Kevin Bowen, but I didn't see anything pitiful written there on Friday night. (laughs) Oh, Monday night, though, man. Monday it came. Now, yeah, you got to thank 33 for those two games he put together for you. I mean, really, he's burning the candle at both ends, and you should be very happy about that. That's the only take. The only place you're going to hear that take is right here is because I completely yanked it out of my rear end. So that's the only place you're going to hear it is right here. And here, Park Place Pub, we're in Fishers. We've got a Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna's Old Tequila Shots week number nine coming up, top of the hour. Sleater is lurking. Sleater's up. I think behind the camera somewhere. What was that uh, Sharon Stone film where Billy Baldwin had her on camera in the apartment in the 1990s? Remember when Sharon Stone was really popular about being naked? Sliver. Is that what Sleater's doing back there? Is he slivering us right now? <laughs> I said, listen, I don't care what Bill Baldwin's doing. I just want to see some more nudity from Sharon Stone here. I really didn't care about anything else, all right? I didn't care. All oh, you got a camera in everybody's apartment. This is a voyeur thriller going on here. Sliver. So, yeah, once he starts slivering behind the camera, Sleater's going to come over here and do our week number nine picks coming up here at the top of the hour. Brent Halverson, JMV, inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Get active in there. We love having you. We've got 239-1070, the number, if you want to answer my question regarding the lack of enthusiasm and really the lowest I can remember level-wise of enthusiasm going into a weekend matchup with New England from a Colts fan standpoint. Why that is, we got that and more for you. The stream, the app, HD Radio, 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberry. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Mark's Place Pub, this is Fisher's. And as I pronounce it in Greene County, I would say we're in the uh, depot area, the depot area. Mark's Place, everybody. Well, I was going to go ahead and go with the Ravens. Rashad Bateman, season-ending foot surgery. And they didn't really have anybody in the wide receiving core anyway. Let me go ahead and check my available players with the Ravens, I guess. That's a Monday nighter we'll get to coming up in just a minute. Meantime, it's me. It is Brett Holverson. It is Sleater for our week nine at Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Zool tequila shots. What do we want him to do, Cam? Put that up to your face. All right, Sliver. There you go. <laughs> Sliver. Slivers in the house. How we doing? Good. Sleater, how's it going? I'm good. How the are last you guys? time, no, actually, the before the last time, we were here back to start the season. But before that, we were at your place and we just wrecked that joint, didn't we? we did. did you guys ever recover from no, that? No, I told you, I'm still cleaning up. <laughs> I'm still picking up beer cans in the yard. I bet you are. And I saw a bunch of them down there that were responsible for a lot yeah, of that trash all, in the area. Yep, we're still friends. <laughs> Man, I, I don't even think Nally was there either. No, I he mean, didn't can get you invited. imagine if Nally would have been? Mally, I think Nally was out of town, right? On vacation or something? No, he was yeah. in town. He, rem- he reminds us. I, it was oh, your job to invite him. Oh, it's my job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Next time I'll remember. Somebody that, forgot to invite Nally? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's no good. <laughs> hey, how we doing? How's the place? Great, great. What about, I love the new addition, man. The, the, the outdoor patio has been extended, John. It's going to be year-round now, right? Yeah, yeah especially since we have San Diego weather around right. here year-round now. Well, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's but like the, November out there. The new drop-down, the pergola out there, I mean, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah, four seasons room now. Well, garage doors open 12 months out of the year. That's nice. Yeah, we like that, it. That's that some serious space. We were in here, um, what was that, a week or two ago, had a Fox and Hound reunion here, John. It was awesome. All the old-school... Uh, Early 2000 Fox and Hound crew, we were up here. There was, I mean, it was, yeah. it was, it was packed. Oh, it was, yeah. Well, you had a reunion of the Fox and the Hound up in here? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. A lot of great people. Well, that was wild, Fox. too. Oh, it was. It was good. Did you have bail money saved up for that one? They well, behaved. We, we, we did. Everybody <laughs> behaved, yeah. Ua put it together here, so shout out to Ua and, yeah. and Jay and everybody here at Parks Place. It was awesome. It was a great, great time. Great people, and uh, I love this area. It's it's great. Seriously, really Sleater, if I if I didn't want to live in the country in a barn loft like Dalton and Roadhouse, I, this would be a great place to live right around here. You can't this go is wrong. Awesome. This is. I mean, every it's everything is convenient. We love it. So, would you have a little pole you could just slide down? And hop I right would. In yeah, yeah. yeah. I just like jump and do a flip, a somersault. Then I would sleep on the roof naked, like Dalton did too. <laughs> you rent this apartment up above us. You rent this apartment. You just walk home. <laughs> is, is that pole? Uh, pole is it down. unoccupied right now? It was. I don't know. It still is. <laughs> Do they like that when you guys have bands? <laughs> yeah, people keep moving out. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> what is this? Who's downstairs singing Pina Colada? Dang <laughs> it. All right, what we got? Food-wise, fun-wise, entertainment-wise, Sleater, this weekend. Tell us before we start this. So two days ago, we just rolled out our new winter menu. Right. Uh, pot roast sliders and... Uh, Oh, gosh, I can't even think. Cauliflower, buffalo cauliflower, fried mushrooms, uh, portobello. Uh, what is this buffalo cauliflower thing? What's it's incredible. This you feel like my wife and I were up here eating them yesterday, 
And she th- diet. She thought we were eating uh, wings, buffalo wings. So it's well, diet. It's diet wings. Basically, yeah. I mean, it's not fried. So because normally it's by itself, I think cauliflower really sucks. Mm. So throw this some, is just completely different. Throw some buffalo sauce on that. Oh yeah. my goodness! And then dip it in our homemade uh, ranch. I had no idea. Outstanding. Well, I'll, I'll get you some up here. In well, a little bit. my goodness, <laughs> this is a road game, so to remember. Yeah, <laughs> we got uh, we got Corey Cox. Corey Cox Saturday night. We love Corey Cox. Yep. Yeah, he's a great dude. Going to be a great uh, great weekend up here. Awesome. That's Sleater right there. You a big Southern Illinois fan? Oh, I am. Because you went to Brad, yeah. alumni. Oh, you went to Southern Illinois. I thought you went to wasn't smart, Illinois and wasn't, Champaign. Wasn't smart enough to get in Champaign. So. That's what the same. I was a Missouri Valley guy too. Yeah. I guess I wasn't smart enough to yeah. to get to IU or Purdue. <laughs> I went to Indiana State. I love Indiana State though. But, I mean, look, Corey went to IU, and he's got yeah. blue pants on right there. So. <laughs> what are you going to do? But uh, did you uh, – Carbondale, is that a good yeah, town? It's a little bit good. Yeah, it's a lot good. Were a you little in, bit good. Were you rocking in Carbondale when – was it Revis or Revis was the band coming out of Carbondale? Remember that uh, band that would that have had been, one that, song? That would have been before, that before was my time. Early 2000s, you remember that song? They had one big song. Revis or is it Revis? Anybody remember? Am I the only one that remembers this stuff? Why is that? You are good. Getting at it. caught, caught in the rain is the song. All right, by Revis. I believe you. Believe me. I was. I they like a big alternative rock moment, and then poof, they were gone. Sleater, just yeah. like that. Well, I was the mascot while I was there. So yeah, you know what the mascot was, right? Well, Saluki. Saluki dog. Yeah. yeah, I was the I was the mascot. Yeah. So were you there when Jermaine Dearman was playing hoop? I was. Yeah. Kent, Kent Williams, Jermaine Dearman, oh, Roland Roberts. Right Roland there. Roberts got in trouble at Virginia Tech, and he transferred yeah. for his last year at Southern Illinois Sweet Sixteen run. Well, last chance you you got going yeah, there, yeah, so for everybody. <laughs> that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. So no, that's cool though. I um I, anything. Shout out to Missouri Valley Conference yeah, right. anytime. Yep. Really. All right, you guys all ready to go? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. This is week number nine. Cue the band. Kyle back in the studio. Our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. I must be some kind of fool inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Some kind of fool. Because I'm looking right now at 13 and a half. And Thursday night's a scary proposition. Because sometimes the Thursday night games stink. And that particular symptom... Could apply to the Eagles later on tonight. 13.5-point road favorites at craptacular Houston. But everybody's attention is going to be on the Astros tonight. Nobody's going to be paying attention. And the Eagles, while everybody's not watching them too, I'm assuming, they're going to roll into Houston, and they're going to cover up that 13.5-point spread. Brent Halverson, what do you got? Well, this is one of those games, a big, big number, right? And you, and you mentioned there's going to be some uh, dual sport interest going on tonight. Dual you know? sport interest. But I tell you what, and I've seen this line in a couple different things. We got it down at 13 and a half. I just saw it was at 14. Well, I'm going to take Houston in points here, and, and I'm going to take it. And I think Philadelphia wins the game. You're scared. Course. You're scared. I'm going to take that point. I'll buy it up to 14 if it's oh. not already there. But you give me two touchdowns in Houston at home. I know Philly's been great. They're 7-0. Houston's 1-5. No way they should be in this game. They'll find a way. Sleater, you sound scared. What do you think? I think we're going to look at a backdoor cover tonight, most likely. Um, Philly's going to roll. They won't have any trouble, but backdoor cover for the Texans. All right. One o'clock to start coming up on Sunday. Miami on the road in Chicago. The Bears picking up Chase Claypool and keeping him from Lambeau. And the Dolphins doing some trade deadline work. Jeff Wilson, the running back coming in. The big deal, Bradley Chubb brought in. Also signed a longer-term deal coming off the edge in Miami to get after the quarterback. Miami's a five-point favorite at Soldier Field. I'm going to go ahead and lay the five, take the fins on Sunday, Brent. 
Yeah, like, uh, I mean, this, God, this, is, this is tough, right? I mean, Chicago, Chicago. Fields just looked great the last couple of weeks. He's actually finding a way. He's getting it done with his legs. He's now got a weapon to throw to in Chase yeah. Claypool. Got to think he's going to come in at some point. Mooney's still the number one guy, but Claypool's going to be a big addition. I'm really, really bummed the Packers didn't get him. I, I, this, this game, it just, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Miami's looked good. They added Jeff Wilson, like I said. Um, Tua's looked good. The Bears at home. I'm going to take the Bears plus five here, John. I'm taking the Bears. Sleater, what say you? Bears are getting better, no doubt. The, the spread of five tells me Vegas doesn't want to go to six on this. I, I just think the Bears are going to keep it within a field goal. I'll go Bears. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Zilt, Tequila Shots, Sparks Place Pub, Fishers, week number nine. The absolute humiliation Cincinnati must have felt. It would be meaningful if most Cincinnati fans hadn't felt that way most of their fan base lives until last year with the Bengals. But after that Cleveland game on Monday night, you're going to see a back up, uh, bounce back, I should say, by the Bengals at home against Carolina. Carolina comes wobbling in, getting seven points. Seven point the favorites of the Bengals. Lay the seven. Take the home standing Cincinnati squad. Brent coming up on Sunday. Yeah, Cincinnati looked absolutely horrible against uh, the Browns last they week. They did. And, and they missed Chase. They definitely missed Jamar Chase. That was, that really, really set them back a little bit. They just could never get out of their, they're out of their own way. I think this is a big bounce back. You're playing a Carolina team that's pretty much all but mailed it in for the season. Uh, Carolina's two and six. They're just, they don't have any, anything going on with them right now. I think Cincinnati in a blowout fashion in this game. And I'm going to go ahead and put my larceny lock on Cincinnati. Lock it up. Cover the seven. They win by 17. Slater, talk wow. to us. Got to go against you here. I, without Jamar Chase, that safety blanket, I mean, Joe Burrow feels really good when he's in the lineup. If he's not, they're a different team. That's a totally different ball team. And I just think Carolina's playing with nothing to lose. You saw it last week. You're going to see it again this week. It'll be a close one. Panthers plus seven. Panthers. All right. So here's my Larceny Bourbon lock. And I'm going to tip of the cap to Brent here because at some point, Green Bay is going to get up off at least this level of Matt. They may not be what anybody thought they were going to be this year. But with this slide, with the way that they played, they're going to get up off this on the road in Detroit coming up at one o'clock on Sunday. Lay the three and a half points because the Packers are the favorites and watch them get back into the offensive swing of things. If for no other reason, they're playing the Lions in Detroit. So take the Packers, Brent. John, I hope you're right, but not so fast, man. I can't do it. I, I cannot do it. We were horrible. We didn't get better during the trade deadline. Uh, Detroit always plays this tough. I mean, they really do. Could be a field goal game. It might be 3 nothing. I mean, we just we can't put any points. <laughs> it's a comeback. I'm going to take the Detroit story. Lions plus 3.5 here against the Packers. Detroit at home. It's later. Two Packers fans are going against the Packers. Yeah. JMV is going with the Packers. I am. I, I, with, here's the thing. Same thing as Jamar Chase. The Lions are a different team without DeAndre Swift. He practiced today. If he's back, Lions cover three and a half, I think. But, you know, this is also a, a revenge game for Jamal Williams, who is That's looking good. And look what he did last week. Yep. Two touchdowns. I think he had a buck 20, maybe. This is a revenge game. He's an ex-Packer. He's that locker room guy. I he's mean, that he, locker room you're guy. Right. You saw that during the season. But yep. the, you guys are deeply rooted into this matchup. I dig it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I just said the Packers were probably going to do the something. Lions. Yeah. The I Lions. hope we're wrong. About yeah, that. we are, too. All right, Buffalo, 1 o'clock start on the road against the Jets. Naheem Hines traded for. Buffalo adds a little bit more, 12.5-point favorites. I hate to do this because this is a big road number right here, and it's a rivalry game, a divisional rivalry game. 
But because I think so much about Buffalo, I'm going to go ahead and lay the 12 and a half, and I'm going to take Josh Allen and his Bills offense on the road against the Jets. Brent? The 6-1 and one Buffalo Bills at the 5-3 and three New York Jets, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty wild you'd uh, ever say those words together. I think this is just where they get outclassed, though. I, I, I really do. Josh Allen, man, you been talking about Buffalo for the last couple of years. Mr. Kevin Wolf's in the house. Hi, Kevin. There he is right here. Um, hey, I got a bunch of stuff you can fix for me, okay? <laughs> uh, Buffalo, I think they're just going to overpower. Zach Wilson is horrible. I don't, I don't even know why he's, he's still a quarterback yeah. in the league. Um, I just think they just get blown away here. Buffalo comes in, covers at 12 and a half easy. What do you got, Slater? I think this is a low-scoring game, guys, and there's no way you can convince me to lay 12-and-a-half in a low-scoring game. So I think this total goes way under 47, and uh, I'd take the Jets with the, getting the points. Here's we, a little stat Cam threw out earlier, and uh, it was uh, out of any, any double-digit games, right? So anything over 10 spread-wise, uh, the under is 9-2 and two to the under. So good, good call out there, Mr. Schleter. Way to go. All right, let's move on. Larcy Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, week number nine. Somewhere out there, Tommy S. is getting a bit of a JMV show sports arousal. <laughs> Three and a half point favorites on the road in Washington are the Vikings. They have been a pleasant surprise on both sides of the football. Lay that three and a half, Brent. Take the Vikings. Shout out to Tommy S. Yeah, shout out to Tommy S. In Minnesota, I mean, unfortunately, being in our division, I'm not happy about it. They're sitting at six and one. The uh, Washington Commanders at four and four, though. They're at home. It's a three and a half point spread. I think Minnesota's just got too much power, and, and you got Jefferson back there and Cook, and they got a lot of weapons. And they just added T.J. Hawkinson from Detroit. They which did. I, I really don't understand that move by Detroit uh, in, in trading him in our division, um, but I think it's going to help Minnesota. Minnesota covers that three and a half. I'd always buy the hook though and lay the three. What do you got? I this isn't Carson Wentz's. Uh... Uh, commander's team anymore, guys. This team's better than they were with Carson, and I think uh, Minnesota comes back to earth a little bit here. I'd take three and a half. Well, actually, they still really do suck, but they just played the Colts. That's part of the problem. Sorry about that, Colts fans. One o'clock to start. You've got Las Vegas on the road in Jacksonville. Las Vegas is a big, fat goose egg in New Orleans last week. Of course, Vegas is next up for the Colts on the road the week after this. Jacksonville has not been covering themselves in glory either recently, but it's in Jacksonville. I'm going to take that point and a half. I'm going to circle the Jaguars against the Raiders on Sunday at one, Brent. Probably uh, just the most unexpected, disappointing team to me of this year is the Las Vegas Raiders. Probably so. They didn't score a point last yeah. week. I mean, they just don't look good. Um, Jacksonville, I mean, they're both, uh, what is it? Raiders are two and five. Jacksonville's two and six. So you got a, just an ugly matchup here. I'm going to take the home dog. I want to take Jacksonville with you. I'll tell Jacksonville did great during the trade deadline, even though it's not going to help them this year. They got Calvin Ridley for next year. That's big for uh, Mr. Trevor Lawrence. So that's going to be a huge addition for them. But uh, for, for the game we're speaking about now, get yes. Jacksonville plus one and a half. Sleater. Yeah, I think this is just like that Green Bay-Detroit game. If it's two bad teams playing and the home team's getting points, you just take the home team getting the points. Jags plus one and a half. This is the final one o'clock start. Man, it jumps off the page. It says, look at the Chargers. Look at the offense. Look at the uh, approaching elite-level quarterback play, if not consistent, but elite-level occasionally, of, um, of Herbert. The problem is you have here is the Chargers team, to me, have not been consistent at all. And Atlanta kind of stinks, and they really they were really messing around last weekend with the Panthers. I'm going to take the three points at home. Give me the Falcons against the Chargers going 
from Southern California to Georgia at 1 o'clock on Sunday, Brent. Falcon A, I'm with you here, John. There you I mean, go, I'll tell you buddy. What, the, the Chargers, I mean, again, both these teams are just kind of putzing along, right? But the Chargers are without Allen. They're without Mike Williams, uh, which is going to lead me to, before the pick, I'm going to give you my Lunazul shot of the week. Do it. I've got two of them. I got a, it's going to be a Lunazul double, double shot week, John. But uh, pick up Josh Palmer, wide yes. receiver. Uh, for the Chargers. He was mine earlier this year. They're without, without Allen, without Williams. Yep. Uh, Josh Palmer's going to step in there. But I think Atlanta at home, plus three. Again, two bad teams. They're, they're, they're both, they're, you know, one's 500, one's uh, just a, a tad above. Um, and, but the, the Atlanta Falcons are first in the NFC South. I mean, unreal, right? How can they be here? Give me Atlanta plus three at home. What do you got, Sleater? Yeah, Falcons at home, getting the points. I put them in a Moneyline uh, underdog parlay, too. Wait a minute. What am I doing here? Come on, man. I, I can't. What, did I really not do this with the Cardinals? A 405 coming up on Sunday afternoon. For some reason, part of my brain wanted to go with Arizona. I don't trust them to do anything. I'm going to take the two points on the road and give me the Seahawks. If nothing else, they're grinders. And the Cardinals are normally just a bunch of bull crap. This is a great offense talk. Circle the Seahawks. Take the two, Brent. Surprising. You got Seattle sitting in first place in the NFC West. They're, they're uh, sitting at five and three. Arizona always is, talking is last in the NFC West. Yes. Three and five. They were very disappointed to watch. I mean, they've got, the, they've got the weapons, but they just aren't putting it together here. DeAndre Hopkins has looked great the two games he's been back, so he's going to be a big key uh, running back. I think they're still waiting. I, don't, I haven't heard if Connor's playing or not, so Eno Benjamin still might be their man. But Seattle has looked good. They're just getting it done. I'm going to join you here. Oh, There's a reason it. this thing is two, right? right? Like you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Vegas would throw a, a three spot or a three and a half or four on yeah. it if they thought differently, but they don't. So I'm going to go ahead and take Seattle plus two. For the record, I would always buy that point to get to yeah. three to be safe, but uh, give me Seattle plus two. Sleater, what do you think? Yeah, Vegas clearly wants us to take the Cardinals here. Um, but the thing is, since they moved the extra point back, that three number isn't as important as it used to be. Two, two is almost equally as important today. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Seattle here. I love what Kenneth Walker's doing in Seattle. I mean, that guy. And Geno Smith. He's, and Geno looks he's done great. A quarterback. And I, I just saw some stats. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's Pete great. Pete Carroll. He chews way too, too, too much gum too fast <laughs> for me. But, but uh, yeah, Geno Smith good, has though. looked great. And their defense the last three or four weeks has been pretty good. Yeah. I think they, I, heard, I heard a stat. I don't know what it was. But they lead the league and uh, blah, blah, blah. So uh, <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. Go chickens. Hey, since, Kevin, since Kevin Wolf's in the house, do you often wonder what Kevin Wolf might do? In some of these picks, do you ever ask yourself? I ask myself would, that daily when I get up. What would the wolf do? Because you had the wolf. You had the wolf in Pulp Fiction. The wolf in Pulp Fiction, Harvey Keitel, has nothing on the wolf, Mister Wolf, Kevin Wolf. Where is the wolf? I, he's over there. Is he tucked? He's away over in the there corner? in the new atrium. Oh, there area. he is. He's is over he, there in the Four Seasons oh, area. He's sipping some good juice over there. I like that, my friend. <laughs> he's. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin Wolf. Hey, if you need anything done, he is the handy man to call right there. Kevin yeah, there's Wolf. no doubt about it. I've got a ton of work. It'll last in the rest of not just the year, but into 2023. All right, anyway, how about the Rams on the road at Tampa? I don't trust Tampa Bay to do anything. Give me three points on the road. Give me the Rams in Tampa Bay on Sunday, Brent. I'm over the Rams, over betting on them. They're, they, they look horrible. They can't do anything. Uh, the Super Bowl, hangover, blah, 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 whatever. I think Tampa Bay is going to actually take this one pretty easy. Um, and again, I, I just I, I have a hard time betting on Tampa because they have looked horrible. You got Brady going through the divorce. All the stuff's happening in his eyes, but they're going to find a way to win this. Uh, they're going to cover that three. Give me Tampa Bay at home. Slater. I mean, three months ago, you circled this game on your calendar. Oh, absolutely. You say, this is a preview oh, yeah. of the NFC Championship yeah. game, and it's not. 
anywhere close to the hype. The, I mean, I think you just got to take the Bucks at home in this one and, and uh, think that the Rams traveling across the country, not going to cover. Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots, week number nine of the NFL. You can watch us right here via YouTube live here at Parks Place Pub. We're in Fishers. We'd love to see it because the samples are flowing, and you better get here because Litzy's here. That means the samples are probably going to run out before <laughs> they may stop flowing because they'll run out. So get here right now with us. All right. This is how much respect I have for Mike Vrabel. You go and look at Tennessee going to Arrowhead on Sunday night, 12-and-a-half-point underdogs. With most, I probably would not take that number because the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and you look at that offense and the numbers that the Titans put up and the injuries they have, you look at all that, and you know, Malik Willis at quarter, yeah, I don't know. But somehow, some way, no matter what the situation, Mike Vrabel always gets it done. I'm going to take Vrabel and the 12 and a half and Tennessee on the road Sunday night at Arrowhead. What do you do with this, Holverson? Big fat number here, John. You Big got two old fat five number. and two teams, right? Tennessee silently, quietly snuck back in. They got that first place lead. They're five and two. Yeah. Playing the five and two Chiefs. We always know Mahomes is going to come out hot. They come out slow. That's when they're, uh, you know, Tennessee's going to have a chance to kind of get up on them. I like these points as well. Give me the take, grinder with that I'm going to take plus yes. 12 and a half as well um, and, and look for a, a chief 10-point win. But you know what, John? If the Chiefs win by 10, you know what happens? We cover Tennessee or Tennessee plus 12 and a half. Give me the grinder. What do you got, Sleater? Well, a couple things I've always said in my life. Uh, I never bet against Drew Brees in primetime, and I'd never bet against Patrick Mahomes in primetime. Also, add on to that, Andy Reid, coming off of a bye, never loses a game. But this is about covering the spread, That's not right. winning the game, right? That's why the points and, are there. And, and these Chiefs, as dominant as they've been, they don't cover big spreads. And give me a Tennessee, 12 and a half. That's right. logical That's, thinking right there from Slater. Uh, Monday night, we mentioned Baltimore. Rashad Bateman, their wide receiver, done for the season. Going to have foot surgery. Uh, they were already without a lot offensive weapons-wise with Lamar Jackson pulling to trigger a quarterback. But on the road at New Orleans, New Orleans against the Raiders last week, put up some numbers and held scoreless the Raiders. But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and lay the two and a half points. Give me Baltimore on the road on Monday night in New Orleans, Brent. Yeah, this is just shaping up to be pretty ugly. I mean, you've got a, uh, uh, like I say, Bateman's yeah. out. Uh, they're, they're struggling for a wide receiver right now. There's going to be a lot of Lamar Jackson. It's going to be, is it going to be Gus Edwards? Is it going to be Kenyon Drake? We don't know. I'm waiting to hear on that as well. I think there's a lot there. But on the flip side, you've got New Orleans. Michael Thomas just went on IR. He's out for the next at least four weeks. So they're struggling a little bit, but they're tricky, especially at home, getting two and a half points. Again, look back to that whole Vegas thing. Why is it not a three at home? I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints, and I think the Saints actually win this game outright because I think they're going to find a way to contain Jackson, and then I think you're going to have to see a lot of, uh, I think, Tyson Hill. He's the one that makes some wild stuff happen at quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, running back. I'm going to see a lot of them. New Orleans win the game outright, but I'll take the two and a half. Sleater. Yeah, Monday night game at the Dome is going to be a tough environment to play in, but I think more so it's going to be Lamar Jackson without all of his weapons. If you don't have Mark Andrews and you don't have Gus Edwards and you don't have Bateman, I mean, wh- where are they going to score points? And uh, so I think you've got to take the Saints getting, getting points at home. All right, let's get to it. Colts, 1 o'clock, Foxborough, New England coming up on Sunday. we still got that question floating around. Uh, do you have a level of disinterest about this right now? The reason why there's not a great deal of hype? for this lead-up, or is it because all the news of the week? We know the offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady, fired. We know Naheem Hines shipped off yesterday at the trade deadline, actually Tuesday at the trade deadline, to Buffalo. 
We know that they have them going for it. We know that they lost to Washington at home last week. Sam Ellinger pulling the trigger once again. His second game as a starter for the Colts. And much like last week, I'm sorry, I cannot take the Colts right now. I have to be proven something, and especially, and I don't care how talented or lack thereof New England is, on the road in Foxborough where the Colts haven't won since 2006, I am going to go ahead and lay the five and a half. I'm going to take New England at home on Sunday. But I will give you this, because I'm, I'm searching for anything with a Luna Zul tequila shot. Uh, take Deion Jackson, because I think the Colts are probably... <laughs> Either him or Philip Lindsay, one of the two. It looks like they're going to be without Jonathan Taylor. We'll see what they end up doing at left tackle because Dennis Kelly missed practice again today. I figure it's going to be the rookie, Ryman. We shall see all of that. But go ahead if you need a play because you got six teams in a bye week setting this week for your fantasy football team. Just go ahead and take a flyer on Colts running back Deion Jackson. That's my Luna Azul tequila shot of the week. Brent. That was my double shot power. I love Azul it, baby. Right there is, yes, Deion Jackson. Take him if, you know, I mean, they're, they're struggling, right? Like you said, Hines is out. Taylor's out. If he's going to be out, yeah, absolutely. He's going to be the one that does anything for him. You know where I'm different, though, here. Right? There's something about this game. And, again, this game could end up 6-3, to 9-6, to 12-9 by 3, right? I'm going to go ahead and take the Colts plus 5.5 here to look for a lower-scoring game and a field goal game. Right. I think you're right. The, the, yeah. I think the Patriots will win it on, on you know, the big powerful leg, but uh, I don't think they cover the spread. Give me the Colts plus five and a half. I was just thinking more of a touchdown, Slater. What about you? Well, you got Belichick scheming against a rookie quarterback is uh, never in your team's favor if you've got the rookie quarterback. But I do think the shakeup that's happened this week for the Colts is what they've need, yep. uh, needed to grab some attention. And no matter who's at running back, uh, I think those wide receivers are going to want to go out and make catches for Sam Ellinger because they didn't last week. And I think that's going to be a big part of it. That offensive line is going to play better. I don't know if they'll win. Belichick only needs to win. That's right. Give me the five and a half with the Colts. Yeah, I mean, talk about Ellinger trying to stay away from turnovers, especially turnovers in terms of in your own territory or scoring types of turnovers as well. I mentioned Matthew Judon. One and a half, the over-under on sacks. He's got eight and a half right now for the Patriots. You went the over. I went the over. A little bit other. For Matthew Judon, what do you got, Sleater? I go under. You go under? Yep. Uh, you get the offensive line yep. coming I'm, off the edge. I, I'm telling you. I think Braden gonna... Smith on one side, maybe the rookie Ryman on I, the other. I think this shakeup is going to be what they need. I think they play well this you week. you got to explain yourself on this whole shakeup thing because everybody else thinks this is complete and utter foobar. Why are you different? I got the optimism this week. That's right. <laughs> sure. Well, I'm, you got the, 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 the Ellinger had a chance to knock off the dust a little bit. He, had, yeah. you know, he finally got some play. Yep. He's coming. You, you know, hopefully week two, like say, I think the biggest call, new offense, right? New ideas, new everything. So. Yeah, I agree. This is my thought exactly from Greg. You got a rookie left tackle blocking for a rookie quarterback. That's, and he didn't say this. I'll say this. That's got defensive touchdown scoring by the Patriots written all over it. It does. I mean, and like I say, Belichick is probably the best mind in football to scheme against that, right? Let's yeah. go for this. Let's target this right here. Exactly what you just said. Let's just split two up right up in the middle, going chasing. Eller's got some feet, though. He just needs to get them out a little bit, uh, get and, him on the run. And I, th- I thought, I, I said he was fine. I thought he was fine. fine. There's nothing bad about yeah. him. Nothing great. He does nothing have, bad. He I, have I was to be great. Listen, I was, I was happy with the way that he played, but you got to score more than 16 points, and I don't know if this team is. Well, this week, do you? Evidently, you did. Well, this <laughs> well, you week. Did I'm last, well, I was. Would, would you think 
Washington's offense is better than New England's? I'm not. I don't. Nobody's I good. No, there's not a Patriots. There's not a <laughs> There's not a Patriots fan that's going to tell you they love their offense. That's that's not a that's not a Belichick offense offense of old. It's just not. And when you think about the Colts too, they did blow two in their own territory, fumbling the football away. My concern is more with what they've had offensive line wise, and with Dennis Kelly looking like he's going to be out. A defensive touchdown. I think makes a hell of a lot of sense. It does, and they're going to need to find a way to score because Mac Jones isn't really going to lead your way too much. I mean, he's he's an interception away from getting yanked again, too. Yeah. So yeah. you just don't know. And then they've got uh, Stevenson's their only bright point. He's looked great the yeah. last couple of weeks, yeah. but uh, you know they don't have a whole lot to throw to either. I mean, they just they're not really stacked. And like I say, low scoring game. I think so too. Defensive touchdown, maybe that's what it takes for him. But, uh, yeah, I, I, that's why they play the game, right? There's your Larson, the Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots with some extras there at the tail end. Parks Place Pub in Fishers here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, before we hit a break, bands, Corey Cox this weekend. You got stuff going on all weekend long, correct? Yep. So, uh, we got a uh, band on the patio tonight. Zach Hill's on the patio from 6 to 8. We've got Corey Cox on Saturday night. Again, our new winter menu yeah. uh, rolled out. And... Come enjoy the new patio. When do you want me to come up here and do a JMV takeover here on stage on a Saturday night sometime? Oh, any, this Saturday. What are you doing this Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. I don't know if I can turn it you, around that quick. You and Corey Cox on stage together? Yes. Can you guys imagine? Oh, wow. I mean, they, the girls would be lined up yeah. at the door trying to get in Oh, here. my God. Can you imagine? I cannot. If I'm up here and I do Rhinestone Cowboy, the chicks, oh, I'm it's have to peel them off the wall. It's on that. Yeah, so, a little rhinestone cowboy. Come hey, on now. Something else, too, yes. John, that I've been watching, and, and it was over their stock, and they added a whole new shelf over there. They have 163 bourbons here now, and uh, they're adding shelving to, to, to hold them all. So come on up and Are they all it. under the umbrella of Heaven Hill Distillery? A lot that of them. They have pretty much uh, every one that we have, and uh, <laughs> they've, they've got a lot of the shoes out there. There's a lot of good stuff out there, but I like the addition, too, that uh, you. Uh, over on the wall there. So Yep, appreciate it. Big hey, Slater, up. man, you're the best, dude. Yep. Appreciate Love you, brother. Appreciate Thank you, you very much. Great job, yep. Brent Halverson. Right there, Larson the Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots, week number nine. We're looking for you here. We got the free beverages flowing here. The samples are here. Come check us out and hang with us for a while. And not to mention the great food here at Parks Place Pub. All right, other side, back to your calls. Whether or not the lack of hype is because of the way this team is and you've checked out or because you've been distracted by the changes that were made earlier in the week. 239-1070, back to your Colts conversations coming up on the other side. IU basketball in action. Purdue a winner last night. If you missed Matt Painter on the show yesterday, you missed a lot. He was outstanding. Podcast, don't do that now because that'll piss me off. But you can do it later. 107.5thefan.com. That's 107.5thefan.com. In just a spectacular conversation, as usual, with Matt Painter, the head coach of the Boilermakers, on this show yesterday. Back with your calls. Mike Chappell, top of the hour, and a lot more. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, where some dork in there said that I'm not cool. I'm the coolest 53-year-old you guys are ever going to meet right here at Parks Place Pub in Fishers. Back with you next, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Just an average guy with exceptional hair. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Parks Place Pub is our location. 
You guys are awesome. You know what, Kyle? We got the synergy going because I swear I was going to say wiggity wiggity whack during our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul tequila shots. That is so weird. Mac Daddy make you. Daddy Mac can make you. Chris Cross will make you. I was, I was going to do the wiggity wiggity whack line when Brent Holverson said something and you came back. Is that, that's weird. Have Did we you been have together too vision? long now? That's weird, man. It's like an old married that's couple. really weird. Yeah. Now, if you were to come back and warm it up, Chris, I'm about to. That would have been really weird right there. I use an action tonight at Bloomington, their final exhibition game, uh, before they match up. I think for real, was that Monday night with Moorhead State coming in? St. Francis at Assembly Hall in Bloomington tonight. And um, if for nothing else, it's interesting because Brayton Bailey, Brayton Bailey played at Bedford North Lawrence High School, and that last name probably will ring a bell for you. He is the son, Brayton, who played for the BNL Stars. I don't know if there were hosing people during those high school games like they were back in the day at Bedford North Lawrence, but Brayton plays for St. Francis. So Brayton Bailey in the house tonight playing against where his dad played uh, so many fantastic seasons back collegiately uh, in the 90s. Brayton Bailey, the son of Damon Bailey. St. Francis and IU coming up a little bit later on tonight. Also, you got World Series game number five. It's a Verlander and Syndergaard is the matchup tonight. Astros and Phillies tied in that best of seven at two games apiece. We got that for you coming up later on tonight right here, don't we? Kyle, 8.03, first pitch tonight, I believe. I think we got the game. Game yep, five coming for you. Too. Yeah, last night a no-hitter thrown by the Astros, collective no-hitter with four different pitchers. And that was on a night after the Phillies went yard after yard after yard. And offensively, they were all over Lance McCullers Jr., and uh, the uh, Astros pitching-wise. And last night, it was just absolutely a dominant performance with, what was it, I, th- I thought still, even though it wasn't just one dude, it was an incredible pitching performance. You stack it up like that, absolutely incredible. Who do you like tonight, John? Um, I, I think the Phillies get back on it tonight, and then, unfortunately, I think the Astros go two for two when they get back on Is that right? Yeah. Because you got uh, Verlander sitting at a 153 favorite right now. And it's Verlander, but his he got postseason. Lit. He got lit. He in, did. Yeah. He did. And his, his, his record in the World Series, they flashed it up last night. It was, it was ridiculous. Threw a, bu- threw a bunch of homers. I think he's 0 for 6 or something like that. Yeah. There goes Mac. Oh, Mac. Like Mac right there. Mac, Sadie. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, think that, I think they go back up, feel good, try to get a game. One of those final two, 6 and 7 in Houston and... I think Houston steps up and wins it. Takes it from there. Yeah, I think they uh, they lose tonight. Uh, again, if Houston wins tonight, then it's it's toast. Oh, it is. Swan song time after Absolutely. that, but I, I do think that happens. Coming up later on tonight, again, that first pitch tonight is at 8.03, and you've got one NFL game tonight, Eagles on the road at the Texans. Uh, that's an Amazon Prime performance a little bit later on this evening. Top of the hour, Mike Chapel of CBS 4 and Fox 59. Is Jabroni still standing by at 239-1070? Is this your real name, Jabroni? Were you no, named man, that? Is that on your birth certificate? No, man. I call in as Tony, but you have a few of them. I used to be the okay. other Tony Donahue until he left you, but I stopped using I that because it wouldn't make sense. But no, one of my you. IU buddies called me Tony Jabroni, but uh, I am gotcha. not a Jabroni. I'm for real. But uh, no, man, I wanted to. Um, I know you're not ripping Ellinger, but I wanted to put it in context how you've talked about the 16 points for a few days this week. Yeah. Let's be honest. We didn't break 20 at all with Matt Ryan. So he's really, yeah. he kind of almost maxed out with the offense he's been given is how I look at it. 
like he performed as well or better than what Matt Ryan did every game because we've never really broke 20 points anyway. No, Tony, you're right sense? about this because I think I think how I view how I view Ellinger in that first start is how I view this offense overall. And I think he's I just a product of that. That he only had 16 points. I'm like, well, I kind of expect that out of our offense anyway, to be honest. Yeah, and, 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 and listen, he does. He gets caught up in the criticism of the downfall of this offense, especially that of the offensive line. And I also think that we are so far, Tony, separated from seeing any level of consistent good quarterback play I think to some around here, it's become unrecognizable. I think you just see a moment, a play or two, and you go, hey, that guy's great, when he's really not. You know what I mean? Because you just don't see it anymore, and you haven't seen it consistently in such a long time here. I, I, I agree with you. That's why that 12 is still hanging in my closet, and I won't, I won't get rid of it because it costs me too much, but I ain't going to wear it yet either. I'm not over it. Well, that 18 should probably be hanging in there too. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I don't seriously. have 18. I have 88. I got Marvin. Ah, I got you. Well, yeah. that certainly was the golden era. But I, yeah, I, I do think, and I do think it probably is the way I look at the offense overall led me to my my fine. But I, that wasn't wasn't a backhanded compliment. It's just kind of kind of yeah. what I felt it's about it. For the course, right? It is. That's just the way right. this team is. The way this team looks, and uh, it may get worse for them coming up on Sunday, even with a New England team that's not you know average New England type of talent wise. So. Yeah, we'll see you man. Have a good night. Tony, thank you very much right there. Am I downplaying? You guys want to chime in on this? Am I been downplaying that first start of Ellinger? Have I not given it enough credit? If Ellinger wasn't a sixth-round draft pick, do you think he would be more excited or because he was such a late pick, pretty much a flyer, that the Colts took him because of his character and not his traits, that you're you're hesitant to... Name him, you know, the next yes. great QB. Well, I think it's that. And I think that's, I think people would have viewed him a little bit differently altogether if he would have been a higher pick, right? Wouldn't that be, wouldn't you hold that to a little higher bar? What, what, do we know what the bar was set? I thought the bar was just kind of set at, well, at least it's not Matt Ryan running for his life, fumbling the football. Or throwing an interception, which, by the way, Ellinger did fumble a football once. But I mean, you you, you kind of you kind of give him, don't you? Don't you have the? Is this fair to say? Don't you kind of give him a break because he was a six rounder too? He gets a break. Well, you know, I think his I mean, what you really his mistakes. Yeah, you give a break because you say, well, he was a sixth round pick. Yeah. Anyway, I, I thought saying just fine was just fine, but apparently people have said, no, I, I, I got to use something else. I'm going to stick with just fine. Mike Chappell will help us sort us out coming up at the top of the hour. No Dennis Kelly today. No Jonathan Taylor today. That's not a good thought for both the running back and the left tackle coming up on Sunday. So you may have Bernard Ryman starting on the uh, left side at left tackle. Uh, Deion Jackson is right there as well. We shall see as we follow along going into this week. And why why nobody has really cared too much. And before you say, oh, it's just the obvious, this team stinks. Have you lost interest in this team? And normally there's a lot of hype. But this has been even less than I think what anybody may may have expected. And checked out a little bit? Or is it because the news off the field earlier this week kind of took all the air out of the room. 
239-1070. Your calls, Mike Chappell, top of the hour. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Parks Place Pub, we're in Fishers on 93.5. the fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Let me have a Diablo sandwich, a Dr. Pepper, make it fast. I'm in a damn hurry. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I'm John, and I'm jamming. Parks Place Pub, we're in Fishers. Back in the studio, Kyle's running everything. Cam is here. Brittany's here. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots on end. Hey, by the way, tomorrow, I've got Eagles Colts tickets for you. Know where I'm going to be? We're going to be at 465 in Brookville Road. You guys know of Bugsy's? We've been there before a number of times. I think last November was the last time we were at Bugsy's. Don't check that. I think it was last year at some point. It was two years ago in November that I'm thinking about. But Bugsy's, that's 465 in Brookville Road. And I'm going to have multi-pair of Eagles and Colts tickets for you. That's next up on the home game schedule for the Colts. And we'll do that coming up tomorrow. That's a Bud Light Blue Friday. Bugsy's at 465 and Brookville Road. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline from CBS4 and Fox 59. He is Mike Chappell. I, I get a question for you before we dive into the events off the field of the week so far. I ask this question because you probably could tell as well. There's hardly any hype considering the past type of pub going into a Colts-Patriots week around here. I mean, it's just been rather deflating. Is that because the, the news off the field earlier in the week, or is that because we're getting a lot of fans that are checking out altogether right now? What do you think? Probably the news off the field. I mean, th- th- this was never going to even – I mean, there was some buzz last year because it was here, but it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't Manning-Brady level at all. I mean, that, that, those always used to be – events on the calendar but when you have a season that's kind of going nowhere and maybe headed south uh anything that happens off the field is gonna is gonna greatly overshadow what the team's doing and of course what what the news coming out like that it's, it's a reflection of the season not going well so i i don't know about apathy uh about maybe about this week there's less interest I don't think that the, the, the fan base is apathetic about the team. They're pissed off, which we t- we said I'd better yeah. have a team angry than apathetic. If you're apathetic, you're you've, you're really in trouble. But yeah, it, it is interesting that it's it's Colts Patriots and Belichick and and all that stuff, and it's just sort of another game. But I really think that's a reflection that there's more interest on what's gone on. Even going back to to Bench and Matt Ryan, there's still some hangover from that. So it, I think it's really more the off the field. But this still game does not. Had that happened, there still wouldn't have been quite the buzz at all that what we're used to. So Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. More on the game and the injury situations with Mike in just a minute. We'll start with Marcus Brady getting fired earlier this week by Frank Reich, and now Frank Reich's going to assume 
and he had most of it anyway because he was the head coach and he was calling the plays, uh, the offensive coordination roles of this team. A couple of things here. Um, I called it a scapegoating. Uh, only a couple of people disagreed. Most did. Now, is this a way, because I think we all know where this thing is going. If it continues to circle the drain, somebody's going to be on the hook for a disappointing season, and that's going to start at the feet of the head coach. Might this be an opportunity for Frank to rally the troops and save his spot here? And is that part of the reason why? And did Jim Irsay have anything at all to do with this decision? I think this was probably Frank. I, I, I do. Uh, the one earlier, I don't. <laughs> yeah. With Matt Ryan, I don't. But, no, no I doubt. think this was Frank. And Frank did a really good job of not being specific uh, although he said, I mean, sometimes he said, remember he mentioned how sometimes players go elsewhere and under a better fit on another team. So apparently, you know, all you can read into it is that internally Marcus wasn't a good fit. Read into that, whatever. I mean, whenever, whenever you get no more information, you sort of, your mind wanders, but it wasn't a fit. This is Frank's offense. This is, this is the head coach's offense. I don't think, if they go out there and score 34 points on Sunday, it's not because they fired Marcus Brady. It's just not. So I don't know. I don't know what on the field schematically we're going to see that's different. I, I think things changed internally. I know Scotty Montgomery, the running backs coach, is taking on more of a more responsibilities, and he's he's going to sort of be the voice of the offense for the media. Whenever we get to the coordinators on Tuesdays, we'll be getting Scotty, but. Scapegoat, yeah, Frank uh, Frank was asked that. Bob Kravitz asked that. I think it was Bob. And he said, no, he said, I understand that, and I have, I have to own that. And and how else, do, how else can, can you can you perceive it other than that? Because, again, this is – he didn't fire the defensive line coach or the defensive coordinator. He fired the offensive coordinator when it's Frank's offense. So, but it's it's something was going on that wasn't working internally. I don't I don't know what it was, and, and they're not going to share, and that's fine. But I just don't know how much of a difference it's going to make. I, we'll see. Naheem Hines, Naheem Hines getting shipped out. You got Jonathan Taylor who missed another day of practice. We're going to get a heavy dose of Deion Jackson coming up on Sunday afternoon. Probably, boy. Now, if the Pacers get rid of Miles Turner, who are your guys? I mean, th- those are your guys. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it just you know with Naheem, it's just it's really to look back and see you know go back and remember in May when Frank said if I'm a fantasy owner I'll be drafting Naheem. They yeah. just never found a way to maximize what he could do or, or what he offered. Sometimes you saw glimpses of it this year. I tell you, we had this discussion in, in the off season and while they were really pumping up Naheem to get more touches and all that, at least I remember saying that if Paris Campbell plays and he's on the field, it's going to cut into what Naheem Hines might do. So part of Naheem Hines not being quite what we anticipated was is Paris Campbell being healthy and playing and playing well. But even with that, it's just, it's not been what they had hoped for. Uh, now he missed what, for the most part, two games, the Denver game, he played three games and then the next game with a concussion. So 
it's probably it was I, I heard snippets of his of his interview with the Buffalo media and he sort of said it was, you know, sometimes it's just time. And maybe it ran its course here, and and I, I, good for him. Uh, he he goes from a team that's going nowhere to a team that's the favorite to win the Super Bowl for crying out loud. Now I'm really interested to see how he is used in Buffalo because you know they're pretty good. That offense is pretty it, it's clicking, and you know I think initially he'll be a punt returner for him. And he's not. He, I'd be shocked if he gets his eight to ten touches in Buffalo that they sort of hope for here. But he yeah. might give him that that play or two a game or whatever. The, the explosive play that he goes in there. I, I I think his his contributions in Buffalo are going to be more quality than quantity. Which when you're Buffalo, that's probably where you're at. Hey, let's add this little thing here to do something. So good for Naheem. I'm going to miss him. He, he was a stand-up guy. Uh, he gave us – not that he just gave us time in the locker room. Everybody gives you time. But he, he understood that we had a job to do, and, and, and he was very thoughtful and informative and stand-up. When they didn't play well, he would say it. I'm going to miss him, but, you know, good for him. Yeah, I, I felt the same way, too. I mean, he'll be able to, to be with an elite-level quarterback, an elite-level offense, and – and this place is scuffling. Mike Chapel is with us, maybe not normally with you guys, but normally by now we would have heard, I think, if memory serves, from Chris Ballard at the very least on that Monday night Colts roundtable live with Matt. You surprised that that hasn't happened at the very least and it's been radio silence to this point with Chris Ballard with the way the season has gone? Yeah, I'm trying to think the last time we talked, I mean, we in the media, I'm not talking radio or whatever, but but we in the media got Chris during the season. We did we did uh, regarding luck one time one of the injuries I think I don't remember, but generally it's been it's coach it, it's the coach is the one voice so that's what it is which I understand that but I I kind of wish that he would have talked in the last week or so because these are pretty significant you know things going on when you you switch quarterbacks and. And you fire your coordinator and Naheem. I know a lot. I, I know a lot of GMs talked yesterday, yeah. uh, Tuesday on, on Tuesday on trade day. So it, it would be nice, uh, you know. But that's they choose not to. And but again, the problem is when 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 you don't when you don't talk uh, in the middle of the season, it, it just it just lets everybody, you know, think what they want to think, and and stuff gets out there that's probably half true or whatever. It'd be nice, but I don't know that that's going to happen. So it's, it's kind of where we're stuck. And yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he's he's not been on Coach.com either. But that's you know that's not my neighborhood, so I really don't pay much attention yeah. to it. I was I was just I was thinking too, and doesn't it kind of leave Frank Wright kind of flapping in the breeze a little bit with well, it it, with all of these decisions and the player personnel decisions and all this stuff that you know he probably has uh, an answer for, but maybe not can share it in its entirety. I mean, it seems like he might be flapping in the breeze a little bit. Well, Frank is flapping in the breeze, and I hate it. I I, I, I just, you know, I've talked. I, It's part of the NFL, and it's a big boy business and all that. And we were talking to Gus Bradley today about this, about how difficult it is. And, you know, it's the old saying, coaches are hired to be fired. Not only head coaches, but 
you know, down the line too. And, and it, it's something you have to learn to accept, but I absolutely hate it. I just do. And cause you're talking about, you know, somebody's life, livelihood and, and all that. But, but, but I understand this part of it because I've gotten older. I've, I've wanted to be involved with that less and less, but it, but it's stuff's going to happen. It, it just is whether, whether it's one guy, two guys, uh, you know, they, whether they hit the complete reset button. I don't know. That's, it's it, it's just crazy that we're having these discussions, and they've got nine games to play. It's not like we're in the middle of December, and boy, what are they going to do in two weeks? So, it's yeah, it's w- whether this team can can get its act together and make something out of you know they're they're not one and six, they're three and four, three four and one. So it's not like they're just god awful record wise. But they're god awful in 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 playing well, and yeah, that, that's I, I again. If you're playing well, you go to New England and you find a way to win. Of course, if you're playing well, you 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 host Washington and, and you beat them. So it's that that's where they are. They're they're you know they're they're finding ways to lose, and and that's what bad teams do. Whether it's whether it's you, you're, you know we, it's funny. We talked last week about they told Sam Ellinger. You don't have to be a hero. Just make the plays. Well, then he had the bad fumble, which was a bad fumble. It just was. But you expect the star players to step up and play and really make plays. And then you got Jonathan Taylor fumbling. You got Michael Pittman dropping that ball at the end of the game. I'd love to have seen him catch that and get another completion. And then yep. maybe Chase McLaughlin's pulling the game out of the end. And then the offensive line's still not playing. Well, they, they you know, Quentin Nelson missed a block. You know, down on third and one, and, and those are your guys. Those are the guys that got to make plays. And in that instance, they didn't. And that's kind of what this season is: is is the guys that you, that you've really invested in. You know, it, it's not his fault. But you know, Shaq Leonard's played like like let me see, thirty six snaps this year because of the back surgery and, and the concussion. That, that's not his fault. I mean, he, he busted his ass to get back. But that's kind of where this season is gone and. You know, it's it's the the highest paid offensive line, and they've not played well. And, and Taylor is, is is had the toe injury early. He's got this ankle, and I'd be surprised if he plays Sunday. I, I think it's going to be Deion Jackson and Philip Lindsay again. Yep. So it, it's it's just like you know, what else can go wrong? Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens on Sunday. But this is not what anybody expected. It's funny. I saw they they always send out these advanced. Uh, odds and betting things and I saw the Colts went from were they nine and a half wins to start the season I think it was yeah and now they're yes. down, they're down to six and a half and I'm telling you six and a half I don't know I would if I'm betting my money I'm, I'd probably take the under just because the, and, until they quit beating themselves it's hard to put much trust in them and you know that if they just if they just quit doing those things they they got to decent chance of, of, of winning because, again, the defense is playing pretty well. I say that. And then they can't make two stops, you know, in, in the fourth quarter against Washington. But you can just see how this could work. Not not something great, but they can work and be competitive if they just quit turn the ball over so much and penalties and pr- primarily the turnovers. So until they do that, how can you trust them to do anything? Would you suggest that they're more apt to be able to play better and get on a bit of a run or to continue to play this level and lose 
and get yourself closer and closer to maybe one of those top so-called, as of right now, four, uh, quarterbacks coming out of college? Well, until they give us any reason, I just anticipate them still finding ways to lose. And I hate to say that, but, but that's, I mean, what, what have they shown us? This is, we talked to Paris Campbell on Monday about the turnovers, and he said, you know, we say the same things every week, self-inflicted, and we did this, and he said, we, we, it's, it's week eight. We have to quit saying this, and we have, to, we have to start doing something about it. I mean, this isn't like, you know, after two weeks, they've got four turnovers. No, this is after eight games, they've got 16. So at, at some point, you, you know, this is it's the old, you know, they are who we thought they were. Well, at some point, you know, eight, eight games is, is during their half the season. So this is right now, this is who you are. This, this is who they're telling everybody they are. And it's on them. All the, you know, they, they can certainly switch it around and say, no, this is, you know, that's who we were. This is who we're going to be. Well, then do it. And, and, you know, can they do it? Sure. They can, you know, Sam Ellinger doesn't have to be, you know, 300 yards and two touchdowns. What, what, it, it's crazy because even with his own turnover, you know, the, the, the game was there to be won. It was there to be won. So, you know, him playing like that, they're not going to be a, you know, a 12-win team, an 11-win team. But they're going to win those they, – they can win those tight games with him playing like that. But it's, it's bet, just everything, yeah. is, everything is working against them. And, and, again, like I say, even with the two – awful turnovers that cost them points. They were going to get what, at least three out of each one of those. All they've got to do is make a stop on that last drive. How many times? I mean, that, that's, you know, I, I, I thought Frank did the right thing on the fourth and one, although maybe in years past, if, if you really believe that offensive line, if, if this was last year with Taylor right. running like this, he might go for it maybe. But my goodness, the punter drops the ball at the eleven-yard line with two was it two forty to play, and Washington didn't need a field goal; they needed a touchdown. So it's just like what what can they do wrong next time? It's it's in their hands; it's totally in their hands. But until they do it, why would you believe they're going to do it? So Mike Chappell joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. You mentioned probably Philip Lindsay and Deion Jackson for Jonathan Taylor, who continues to miss practice, was dinged up today. How about Bernard Ryman at left tackle? Because I know Dennis Kelly missed practice again today. What do you think about the rookie getting the call out there on Sunday again? Yeah, that, that's the one. When the, when the injury report came out yesterday, I said, I'll be watching that left tackle. Because, I mean, he, he remember back when Bernard Ryman was, was our left tackle? Yeah, it lasted two games, and it lasted two games, and then they went to Dennis Kelly. And I thought Kelly played okay. You know, he wasn't Costanzo or Tariq Glenn, but I thought he played pretty well. And now you may have to go back to the to the rookie, and hopefully he gains something from those two games where he, you know, I thought he was a little bit better in the second game. Denver was just – was what an awakening that was for him, so – like I say, everything seems to keep piling up to where they they won't be able to or can't pull themselves out of this. And we've talked about you you can hide weaknesses. You you can hide weaknesses in your lineup. It's really hard to hide deficiency at left tackle. It just really is. Yeah, it is, especially with Matthew Judon out there. So I put the over under. I set the over under on. A sack and a half, and most people are taking the over, I think, right now, with that guy running around. Yeah, out there. yeah. 
and, and you know, the, the thing too that that I can't get away from is that I thought again, I thought Sam played really pretty well considering the circumstances. First game and all that, he got outside the pocket. He made plays that Matt Ryan couldn't make or wouldn't have made because he yeah. he could avoid the pressure. I, I thought he did a good good job of that. Well, Bill Belichick's not going to let him do that. He, he's you know it's 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 the old thing where he makes you do things that you don't want to do or you're not as good at and whatever whatever Sam and, and his offensive staff has done it's it's they're going to see some different stuff on Sunday so it's it's you know I, I but they 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 I think they're tied for like the lead in takeaways too so this is a very opportunistic team it's not a great Patriots team I mean they got quarterback problems of their own. But their defense, it, it, it's it, they capitalize on things. They get up to the quarterback, and they do a lot of things that the Colts aren't doing right now. Mike, where are we with the Colts' defense? Because I think you kind of feel good about that, as you mentioned accurately a little bit earlier. And then they let Washington and, and Taylor Heineke go down the field and score that touchdown the way that they did down yeah. six. So where are you with the defense? Because you may have felt secure with them. But did you lose any of that with the way that game ended on Sunday? A little bit. I mean, you, you, the last thing you remember is, is what sort of sticks with you. And boy, we'd like to have seen Stefan Gilmore. Now, it, it, in his defense, it's hard to cover somebody for ten seconds. I mean, it really is. Uh, you'd like to have him to not. If you go back and watch that play after whatever time it was, you know, McLaren sort of broke broke from him and just got deep and got several steps on him. So. You'd like to see that not happen, but at the same time, pass rush has to get after a quarterback after, you know, eight, ten seconds. So, in, in, I tell you, it's going to hurt that they lose Tyquan Lewis. Boy, he's a good player. I really like him, and losing him for a second year to the same injury is going to hurt. It's going to give yeah. Dio a chance to play more and more consistently. But, yeah, I still, tr- I still trust it, I guess. I guess. Boy, that sounds real supportive, doesn't it? But I trust a heck, of a, a heck of a lot more than I trust the offense. And well, well, the problem is, is you can't really deeply trust anything because at some no. point it's going to fail with this team, and that's that's an epidemic with this squad. Because the moment you get a couple of solid plays, you feel good about something, it fades, and that's it. Whether we're talking about defensively, offensively, if you have a couple of plays of good, you just wait a little bit because it's going to go bad, and that is a sign yet again of a bad football team. Well, and again, it's in their, it's in their power to change things. It, it is. I, I think Ellender can, can, can do enough. I don't say game management. That's to me, that's such a slap. I, I think he can play the position well enough, productive enough to where th- they can, they can do, you know, they scored 16. It's pretty crazy when you get, come into a game average in 16.1 and you hurt your average. <laughs> nice. That's, really pretty, that's pretty bad. <laughs> But yeah, I, if, it, if it were 1983, it'd be great. Yeah, so right. but it's not. But, but again, if they don't fumble, then they they get you know it would have been an offensive explosion, but they would have scored 20, 24 points, and it would have been more than enough. So, but I, I think they can do enough with him. With, with, with you know Pittman, even with the drop, is still a solid, and Pierce is really good, and Paris is playing well. The running game is probably going to be what we what they've been getting. You know, if you can get 105, 110 yards. And sort of control things, and goodness, don't fall behind again. 
I, I realize I didn't, didn't they score first this past game, but but then they trailed to half again. So it, it's in their power. It, it's, it just is. This is going to be a game that's going to be, you know, maybe ugly. I don't know if that's the right word. It's going to be a slog. I think Matt Ryan used that phrase sometimes. But it's going to be who screws up the fewest. I mean, it, it's going to, it's going to turn on a sack fumble, a, a scoop touchdown, it's something like that. I think. And if this team can just avoid doing that, I, 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 I like their chances that they do that. But I, they've given me no reason to believe they can do that. So Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Final thing, I described Sam Ellinger on Monday as playing fine. I thought his play was fine. Yeah. Um, people got mad, said I did not give him enough credit. I didn't give him enough credit. I must have some agenda. What, what, what the hell possible agenda could I have, A, and then B, what's wrong with fine with the effort that we saw from him? I, and I, in large part, Mike, I think people around here have absolutely forgotten what a high level of consistent quarterback play looks like. They do. Well, we always used to, we always used to say with, with Peyton Manning, enjoy it, folks, because this isn't normal. You know, yeah. 300 yards, two touchdowns, and it's, is that all you got? No, really? Uh, I thought he played fine. I mean, uh, beyond that is, then you're projecting something that wasn't there. Uh, is is he the quarterback of the future? Based on what? I mean, you know, it, it, it's funny. And, and, and some of my colleagues threw dirt at me because I, I, I shared a text message that I put up Sam Ellinger's first start, his stats, with Tom Brady's first start. And Ellinger, Ellinger blew him out of the water. His was much better because remember Brady threw for like 160 yards when they dusted the Colts back in 2001. But but I think what he did is he showed the game's not too big for him, uh, and he and he can be part of your future in some form, whether that's a a strong backup that can come in and play two or three games if the starters out and, and help you win. I didn't see anything to say he's he, he's the guy. I mean, what what did you see? And, and I don't mean that as a knock. I, I thought he played well. What's wrong with that? To say more than that based on one game, I, I don't know how you do it. I don't blame them if they've forgotten because it's been a while, consistently speaking. Because I think you just, if you're around here, you grasp on a player or two and you go, yeah, you know what, that's legit. That's the way it's going to be. And much like this team, Anything positively has a shelf life, and we have seen that. Yeah. And, and nearly every facet of this team, it could be a couple of good plays, maybe a good series, but it can turn and burn in a matter of moments. Well, you you, you want to, again, you want to really come out and praise the defense that held Washington to 190 yards and 10 first downs in the first three quarters. That's great. Yeah. And you open up the fourth quarter with the interception. and And in the last, you know, 12 minutes, they get 171 yards and 10 points, and and you lose. So th- that's that's where, again, if you're playing complimentary football like you hope, the defense makes a play on one of those fourth down plays or third and something, and, and you get them off the field, and, and yeah. you, you, win, you win 16 to 10, and it was ugly, but you win. And then maybe Marcus Brady still got a job and, and all this. I don't know. But losing, just it just magnifies everything that that's going on that's not right and winning even even when you don't play all that well it just it just masquerades and it covers up everything else and 
Did I mention they've got nine games to play? So they do. So yeah. much can go on. It's it's in it's in their hands. We'll see what they want to do with it. Mike, I appreciate you as always every Thursday. Enjoy these. I'm say, so if it's seventy in Fishers where I am right now in hey, Beach got, Grove, it's my, probably like eighty five, uh, right? I got my leaves mulched yesterday over my rental property. Maybe do it one or two more times, but uh, <laughs> I hate I hate leaves. I, I just hate them. But you know they're they're a necessary evil. But but uh, two more times and my my leaves are mulched, and then life is good. Hey, go, buddy! Enjoy the game on Sunday, and I'll talk at you next week. See ya. Mike Chappell of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Hey, there's nothing wrong if you're rooting for Sam Ellinger. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm hoping I'm with you. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that he plays well. I'm hoping that he gives you a reason to get excited. I just think that right the way that it's looked in that first start, I thought fine again was fine. I think we kind of forgotten consistent higher level quarterback play has kind of been lost on everybody around here for a while. It really has. You might be able to see it on other teams. Maybe, certainly, you can identify it on other teams. But with your own, it seems like it's become a little bit difficult for you. Quick break. We'll come back. Parks Place Pub. We are in Fishers. Brent Halverson rejoins our Larceny Bourbon Locks. Luna's Will Tequila Shots week number nine in the books. We'll jump back to that. Your calls at 239-1070 inside the lounge via YouTube Live as well. World Series game number five tonight. NFL week nine starters on the road in Houston. The Eagles and the Texans. And a lot more coming at you from Fishers. Parks Place Pub. Heaven Hill Distillery brings us to you on a Thursday with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Hey, you going to stare all day or are you going to buy something? Uh, I'm going to stare all day. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. <laughs> This is the Doobie Brothers, Brent Halverson. Welcome back to Parks Place Pub. J-Law's in the house. I see Litzy and Jess over there, too. We got a lot of people lurking. Corey Kinney's in the house today. Great to see him. Brothers here, too. Who else we got? Who was here? Mac was here a little bit earlier. Mac was here. Mac made a quick exit today. He did. Yeah. Felt bad. He was, he was trying to talk to me. We were getting ready. We are just talking right, about we're getting something. Ready to do then that. he walked yeah, out. Mac, miss you, man. Started to have a chance to talk. That's Brent Halverson, Heavenhill Distillery, and I'm Jan V. City Bourbon Locks, Luna's with Tequila Shots in the books for week number nine. Are those coming over here? Yes. Lord have mercy. What are you guys doing to me here? Well, John, so, you know, it's a big, big part of the show, right? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, so we were actually just blessed by uh, Ua. Joshua brought us out a little Lunazul just before uh, came back on here. <laughs> what, what is this right here? This is a little Evan Williams fire. Yeah. So this man. is how you get, uh, this is how you guys, get some good happening? knowledge. And if you're well, watching via YouTube Live right now, you can check out. This is, and Brittany's checking it out right now. These are the. Cauliflower, Ooh, cauliflower, the, buffalo cauliflower wings. Yeah, they're right outstanding. Wow. I'll get one, one but I'm going to have to strategically plan this for the end of the show <laughs> because this will be when I'm leaving probably. No, at, uh, at some point I will. So what's, what's happening right here? 
Uh, this is a little Evan Williams fire. Okay. So, John, I'll tell you, I mean, I think you've, you've been all privy it. to this a little bit, but uh, I will put this up against any of those cinnamon bourbons out there, right? This is smooth, doesn't have all that sweet sweetness Love that uh, a lot of them have. But, uh, Parks Place, Big Pub. cheers. Here's Thank the, uh, you very here much. Parks cheers Place. to you all. Cheers. Cheers. There you go. Thank you. Evan Williams Fire right there. Part of the umbrella, the Heaven Hill Distillery umbrella of great beverages, spirits, and more. What you got? You know, it actually, uh, it's so fitting, right? The weather's getting ready to turn. We think it may just go 70 all year. I'd, I'd be all about it. I would it. dig that, yeah. I remember last year, it was like, what, mid, mid-60s yes. in December or something, yep. right? But I, I will tell you a little something about this Evan Williams Fire. If you want a good fall or winter holiday kind of cocktail, right, and you want something warm, you know, when it gets a little colder out, get you some apple cider. Right. Pour it in a crock pot. Add a bottle of Evan Williams Fire. I like A couple it. cinnamon sticks and serve away. And There's that way you don't look bad drinking that. before 10 a.m. You know, I mean, you're, it's a holiday kind of a cocktail. So you're just kind of warming up. It's like a coffee almost. That is awesome. Yeah. Right. There. Really good. Fantastic. So you check it out. Again, thank you, Brent. We'll have final words with Brent. Coming up in a minute. Now, hopefully you've retweeted this because we have our Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day coming up next. 50-50 in betting and dining from Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. That's in Anderson. Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day and more with Brent and me. Parks Place Pub. This is Fishers. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. The Sportos, the Motorheads, Geeks, Sluts, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Shout out to Patricia, who was the uh, wife of John Bratton, who coached up Joe Wrights back in the day at Hamilton Southeastern. Yacht Rock Review tickets for you, number nine right now. This is Ray Parker Jr. and Radio Yacht Rock Review, New Year's Eve, Mira Old National Center. I'm going to ring in the new year with Yacht Rock Review. And maybe they play this. This is one of my favorite from the Yacht Rock catalog radio with Ray Parker Jr. And you can't change that. Sing it. Can't change that. Harris Hoosier Park race of the day results. Royal Rose with the win. 420, the place $3, the show 210. Whistler placed at 340, showed at 210. I won't do that again. That was the horse, showed at 210. $2 exact to pay out, 960 50 cent. Trifecta payout, 380. There it is. Your Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. Let me tell you about this. Now, I already know this, but does anybody have any, any good examples of really clean bathrooms between here and Bargersville? The cleanest bathrooms between here and Bargersville, because I'm doing the cauliflower, buffalo cauliflower, and it is not likely I make it all the way back. There may have to be an emergency pit stop. What do you guys got in mind? So I'm going to go down 69 to 465 and then go to Harding and then go down 69. Anybody got any really clean? Because, I mean, I know some in Greenwood in that area. John, I can give you a pro tip. Okay. All right. So just stop, stop off. Stop along Southern Road? Stop off. At, no, no, no. And dig a hole? Pull into I may any, do that. 
in the Hilton <laughs> Holiday Inn. Yes. Uh, a great hotel chain, right? You just walk in like you're going there yeah. anyway, and they got oh, yeah. restrooms right around the thing, and they're super clean. Yep. Super clean. Well, because I, I know the, the, the cleanest bathrooms in the world are at Von Mar in Greenwood, in the Greenwood Park Mall, and that may be a little bit out of my way. Yeah, but you might be uh, to the point where you can't get all the way inside. I may not I may not make it out of here <laughs> at this point, because let me tell you this. they the, got a clean bathroom here, though. The, so the, the, the Buffalo Cauliflower Wings are outstanding, I had no good. idea because I think cauliflower on the reg sucks, but that's awesome right there. See, I'm a cauliflower fan. I mean, just raw, dip it in some ranch. Brittany, oh. what do you think? You dig it too? Oh, I'm good? telling yeah, you. Absolutely. Can I make this at home, you think? Not as good you as this, can. clearly. And, and here's another little thing that I would do, and I'm kind of big on since we've recently gotten one, air fryer. Air fryer. Instead, of, instead of deep frying, right, just throw it in the air fryer. Boom. That's good stuff. They sell they sell this uh, in uh, go to your local Kroger. They have they have I had uh, no idea. Oh, absolutely. Good because stuff. if if I never would look for cauliflower, because I think it really sucks, but that's good. It is good. It's a good way to different way to eat it. And somebody else was just talking too. Cauliflower crust pizza is a, a a good healthy way to eat pizza too. Are these diet? Those are not as diet as we would want to, but they're better than some other fried things. But anything that's fried in oil, John, is not going to be the best thing for you. It's not diet. Yeah. I like to be a it's, diet. It's kind of like a, a, a semi-diet. How about that? Hey, quickly, your thoughts on tonight, rest of the weekend? Thoughts on tonight. Well, uh, first off, big shout out to Dave America. He, gave, he just sent me a text to you and I. And yes. Craig just popped in. Craig, good seeing you, my friend. Craig's a stud, man. Good seeing stud him. Stud right there. Tonight, you a know, stud. hey, again, we got, we got the battle of uh, Texas and Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Two different sports. Uh, I think we're going to see a, a, a really good baseball game, World Series game, game five, like you mentioned earlier. I think yep. it's going to be really Kind of, this is going to be the pinnacle point right here. So, I like Houston tonight, and then that this football game we got Philadelphia and Houston. A lot of points out there, a lot of points, man. But uh, you know what? Uh, you got a seven zero squad against a one and five squad. Crazy things happen on primetime football. Oh, this is beautiful. And by the way, I get an update. I gave away those Yacht Rock review tickets. Kyle, who won those? By the way, Troy and Gas City was the winner. Troy and Gas City's a stud, by the way. All right, Yacht Rock review. That's coming up on New Year's Eve. Remember I asked this last week of Jimi Hendrix when we're over and off a of penalty pike, Kyle. I asked if maybe I could open up for Yacht Rock Review with a JMV takeover on New Year's Eve because I do it on New Year's Eve anyway. So Jimmy said that Yacht Rock Review okayed the initial idea of you broadcasting and DJing to open the show, but they would like more info. What? What would they want to know was my question here. What do they need to know? Probably your play playlist, right? Like, what playlist? do you got to play? You got to play something that's going to fall in line with the yacht rock. So if theme, I roll, that's out, all you. If I roll out Ghetto Boys on New Year's Eve, they're going to object to this, Kyle. What do you think? What do they want to know? <laughs> well, they probably have no idea because uh, there hasn't been an all request music show in how long? No, it's like a foreign Since like concept. 86? Never. This this is <laughs> never. Not an all-request music show on location. That's incredible. That's awesome. More info to come. Thank you, brother. Love you, man. Brent Halverson, Varsity Bourbon Locks, Luna's Old Tequila Shots. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Sleater and Parks Place Pub and Fishers. Cam, great job from you as always. Kyle back in the studio. Bugsies, Brookville Road, 465, Bud Light Blue Friday, Eagles, Colts tickets tomorrow. Next week. We're at uh, Joe's Castleton for Larson Locks Show next Thursday. You got a week Castleton. 10. You guys have a great night. Enjoy the baseball game. Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. 
3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Meekum experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Meekum.com.